Isaiah 54, sing, O barren, that thou didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, though thou did not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of the widowhood anymore. For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy redeemer, everybody say redeemer. The Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall He be called. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is His name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole universe, shall He be called. Would you set your Bibles down, and before you're seated, would you lift your hands towards heaven with me right now, and would we pray? Lord, I love you tonight. We're thankful tonight, oh God, for your word. I thank you tonight, oh God, for the anointing that comes forth from your word. It is unshakable, it's unmovable, it's unchangeable. Heaven and earth are going to pass, but your word is forever settled. I thank you, God. Now, Lord, I pray tonight, God. I pray tonight, God, that we would be just conduits. We would be vessels tonight that you could speak to and flow through in this room and in this atmosphere tonight, oh God. That it wouldn't be enticing words of men's wisdom, but it would be through the power of the Spirit tonight. And a demonstration tonight of the Holy Ghost would take place in this room. Almighty God, we give you thanks and we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Now, would you for about five seconds before your seat or to ten seconds, would you just clap your hands unto the Lord? Would you shout in this room? seated in the house of the Lord tonight. I felt an urgency as the weekend approached, and I was, uh, I am a kind of a chit-chatty, I can be a, a chit-chatty person sometimes, and so I don't, Sister Natalie knows that it's, I don't have a, a lack of words most of the time. And I was praying and seeking what the Lord would want to speak to us and speak through us and through me this evening because I don't take this opportunity lightly. And so I want to make sure that what I'm speaking is not something that is just um, something that I want to say. But I want to make sure that I'm doing and saying what the Lord would have for me to say and to instruct me to say. So I'm going to be obedient tonight to the Holy Ghost. 
I felt a confirmation today. There was a confirmation today in the spirit. And then there was a confirmation from our bishop this afternoon. And so I'm going to flow into what the Holy Ghost would have for me to say tonight. Amen. Amen. As we read Isaiah, the 54th chapter, we read about Israel. We read about the children that are of God and for God. And because of situation and because of circumstance, life has got them into a place that doesn't seem like it is ever going to get any different or any better. They feel like that they are in a lower number uh, and they feel like that they uh, have no inhabitants. They have nothing to call theirs. They have nothing to call their own. But as this chapter unfolds, we begin to see the power and the strength unfold of a God who is so concerned about every facet of every individual's life that he would take into consideration the time. He would take into consideration the times that they would receive from him and then turn and walk away from him. After thousands of years, we find ourselves in the year 2023, quickly approaching 24. And while times have changed and situations have become what seems more difficult as the, top, the clock ticks for another 60 seconds, every minute it feels as if there is something that has changed. And while we know, as Bishop proclaimed this morning, spoke a very prophetic word, we know there is something that is on the horizon. And we don't even know what it is and if we're not careful because there have been so many things that have distracted our minds, we will miss what God is doing and what He is speaking in this hour. What is, while times have changed and uh, principality rulers have changed as far as human beings and how we conduct our business and how uh, civilized maybe we have become, the principalities of this world have not changed for one second. There are things that are pressing our world today that we're pressing and prodding the children of Israel that we just are reading about. There are things and there are forces uh, that have never changed. And some of those forces are the forces of the adversary. But some of those forces are the forces of flesh. Because each individual that is in this room tonight has the opportunity and has the mind To make a conscious decision of whom this day is going to be served and who is going to be worshipped and who is going to be magnified. We come into services that are like this and when you walked in the door from the very beginning of the service you can feel an expectancy. You can feel that there is something that is rising inside of people that you want with everything in you. You want that feeling that you feel to override and to 
uh, uh, put uh, the shade on or put in darkness the things in your flesh that are motivating you, that are captivating you, that are keeping you awake at night. Brothers and sisters, can I tell you tonight that I wish tonight that there was a, um, a certain preacher. I wish there was a certain song that could lull us out of the continual, almost like nightmare of the things that we are facing and the things that we are going through. But I have come to tell someone in the Holy Ghost tonight that there is a redemptive power. And there are, if there would be, I don't have them on me right now, but there is a set of keys tonight that Jesus is holding in his hands. And we are not waiting on him to unlock the door. We're not waiting on him to open the door. Because I believe in the Holy Ghost tonight that the keys have already been taken out of his pocket and have already been put into the lock and have already been turned and disengaged and had the door, I believe, in the Spirit has been opened. But you are going to have to make up in your mind. I am going to walk through what God has destined for. I will not let a setback stop me. Bishop, I feel like I'm on, I'm, if I start repeating your message too much, just get me. I will not let a sin that I have allowed and asked God to put under his blood. I will not allow that sin, that offense, to keep me from walking through the door that he has opened for me. But until you make up your mind that the ball is in your court, you're going to keep blaming the devil and he's going to keep on working. You're going to keep on magnifying him and he's just going to get bigger in the picture. But when you decide in your mind the devil can't cross what God has covered. But I'm still inside the confinements of the jail cell. It's time to take a hint and get some redemption inside of you and let the redeemed begin to say so. We have got to start walking in the power, Brother Burke. We have got to start walking in the authority. He said, don't cry, old Baron. I know you feel forsaken. I know you've been locked up. And I've allowed some things to transpire. I've allowed some things in your life to take place. But don't cry anymore. Don't look and don't look at the things that you have magnified because of the lack thereof.
You feel like you have been in this for all of your life. You feel like that it has been one thing after another that has come against you. You feel like every time you would take a step forward, you would take two or three back. Can I tell you something in this room? Can anybody identify with that? Well, two people can identify with that. Well, I got good news for the two. I have learned in my 42 almost years that when the enemy starts pushing at me, it is because he don't have anything. Let me tell you, he doesn't have anything. He knows if he doesn't push me, where I'm going has already been covered. It's already been paid for. It's already titled in my name. Don't cry, old Baron, but expand, extend. Extend the place, stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation, and spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. What's the Holy Ghost saying in this? The prophet Isaiah is speaking to a people. He's speaking to a people that is about to receive an increase. He's speaking to a people that is about to see a conversion like it that has never taken place before. He's speaking to a people that's not going to be prejudiced against Jews and, and against Gentiles. He's speaking to a people that there will be no color barrier on. There will be no ethical back. There will be no ethnicity that he is not about to handle and take care of because he is about to do something because of his redemptive power. It is the redemptive power that brings us from something into something else. It's the redemptive power that brings us. It brings. It's the redemptive power that brings salvation. It's the blood that Jesus shed. Am I in an apostolic church tonight? It's the blood that Jesus shed. It's the blood that will never lose its power. For it reaches to the highest mountain. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left hand. What's he talking about? It doesn't sound like to me he's talking about a bound group of people. But he sounds like he's talking to people that have realized, wait a minute. The Redeemer is speaking. I've come to tell someone in this house that there is a redemptive possession that is taking place. A redemptive possession. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left hand, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. What's he saying? He's saying you're fixing to have to put in some work for what's about to take place and what's about to transpire. What are you talking about? I'm talking about you're going to have to set some things aside in your life. You're going to have to, you're going to have, you're going to have to, you're going to have to quit making. And I, I'm talking to myself tonight, Brother Turner. If we had that mirror tonight, that would be good. We're going to have to stop letting disagreements dictate whether or not we're going to get free in this house tonight. We're going to have to stop letting distractions. We're going to have to stop letting distractions of the flesh keep us from the redemptive possession that God wants us to take ownership of. We're going to have to set some things aside tonight. Tonight. 
I said, we're going to have to set some things aside tonight, and it's only going to be by the help of the Holy Ghost that we can set those things aside. I venture to say tonight that there are people in this room who desperately want to be delivered and desperately want to be set free, desperately want to leave here unchained, unlocked. They want to leave this room tonight changed. And God, forgive me tonight if there would be anything in me, if there would be anything around me, if there would be anything that I would say or anything that I would do that would persuade them in the other direction to feel safer inside of an unlocked prison cell than to be able to walk in the freedom that God has given them. How do you know that things and people, well, uh, man's best friend, I have a story for you tonight. Our little Pucho, she's got her own little room that she sleeps in. That's what we call it. It's a cubby, crate, whatever you want to call it. But it's her room. We'll say, go to your room. She goes to her room. Doesn't she say, does she listen as good as Sadie? Sometimes. Well, she, she's trying. She's, she's following the lead of her big sister's. Bishop, you won't believe this, but we were so tired one night, and so was Pucho, that Pucho went, Pucho went to her room without us asking her to go to her room, and we never checked on Pucho. Now, Pucho's room is inside our room, Pastor, so there, is, we, we, there will be no problems. And when we woke up the next morning, Pucho's door was open. And guess where Pucho was at? Pucho was still inside her room. That's a good dog, isn't it? Cade, you got yours can do that? No, see? What are you talking about, old Pucho? Sailor, girl. She's used to being confined. And so when the door was open, she stayed inside. And you know why? Because that has become, that's become a place for her to feel safe. It's a place. And that's why you do that for old Puchos, isn't it, Sister Gina? That's why you do it when they're babies, even when they cry at night. You do it because you want them to have a place that they can go and you know that they're going to go and they're not going to make no messes, and they're not going to do that because it's their habitat, it's their cave, it's their place. I feel convicted in the Holy Ghost tonight, and if I'm out of order tonight, just pull me, cut off the mic or whatever we need to do. But I feel like tonight that there are some of us in this room tonight that have become so accustomed in our comfort blanket. She's got a little blanket that's in that bed, that thing, and if, she, if, that bed, if that blanket's not in there, there's something wrong. But when that blanket's in that place, she'll go in that thing, and if it ain't open and she's ready to go in there, she'll let you know I'm ready to go in my, my little cubby, my house, my room. Is it possible tonight that the door is open, but because of the things that life has given us and because we have lived here for so long,
that when given the opportunity to escape or run or to do something we're not supposed to do, Pucho, I'm talking about, we stay inside of the cubby, inside of the cell, inside of the cage because we feel safer inside of the cage. If there is a lie that the enemy has ever told the apostolic church, it is not, I do not, I, I believe with everything in me tonight, it is hard. Now, I know there's some people that have done this, and God bless them, and, and we're praying for them. But it's hard to turn somebody that, it, that bleeds apostolic through and through. It's hard to change their mind about who he is. But it is becoming ever so easy to change the mind of who we are. I've come in this room tonight, and I, I'm, this is... This may not be in your comfort zone, and that's okay. Because I feel in the Holy Ghost that the Holy Ghost is trying to break us out of our comfort zone. We cannot stay in the place that we have been and accept that God, expect that God is going to do all of the work. Or to expect that our bishop, our pastor, the leadership is going to do all of the work. Sometimes you got to just get sick and tired of being in the place that you're at. I said sometimes you got to get sick and tired of being in the place that you are at. And I'm going to tell you right now what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I feel in the Holy Ghost, the Lord speak to me and say, when Isaiah began to prophesy this, there were some people in the camp of Israel that did not believe. But it did not stop the promises of God. What did it stop? It stopped some people from seeing the fulfillment of the promises of God. But I've come to tell you in this room tonight that there is a redemptive possession there is a territory that is waiting for a group of people to say, enlarge my territory. You don't understand. You don't understand, man. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've seen. You don't know what I've experienced in my life. You don't know what I have what I have had to deal with my whole life. You don't know what I dealt with when I grew up. No, I don't. You don't know what I'm dealing with right now. I probably not. Uh, you you don't understand my situation. You don't understand the layout of how things are. I, I may possibly not understand that tonight, but I do understand one thing, that God is in this house tonight, and He is doing everything that He can, as He has been doing for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. He has been trying through the Holy Ghost to get the attention of people. 
He's saying, hey, the vision's been written. The vision's been wrote. It's been wrote plain. It has not been difficult. It has not been hard. But the vision doesn't tarry. It doesn't wait for us to be in the right place at the right time. When the vision is ready, the vision begins to take place. The vision begins to move. Things begin to move. Things begin to go. Things begin to shake. It doesn't wait for me to have a season where I just do whatever I want to do. And then I can come back to this. I feel tonight like I have been guilty of that. So I'll put myself on blast for just a minute in my life, Pastor. I have felt like, Brother Burke, that I can just put this on hold for a little while. I can put I can put active duty on hold for just a little while so that I can pursue this and so that I can take care of this and so that I can work this out, Brother Hewling, and I can work that out. And when I get this straight and when I have that straight, then I will. I have not quit. I haven't stopped. You would never know. But I, I have changed completely so that I can do this and this and this so then I can get back to that. I've come to tell you tonight, it is time. It is time. I'm talking to myself tonight. It is time to stop playing games with the clock of eternity. He is soon to return and He is not looking for. He is not satisfied with a group. He is not satisfied with how far we are right now when He has given us the land. He has given us things to possess. We're going to wait, and 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 we're going to wait until time runs out. We're going to wait until the phone call happens. We're going to wait until the tragedy happens. We're going to wait until our health does fail us. We're going to wait until we have acquired and obtained all the things that we wanted to obtain, only to find out now we're not able to do any of the things that God has called us to do. But can I tell you right now, the guilt trip that the enemy has put you on is nothing compared. It's time to shake it off, man. It's time to just forget about what you got to just forget about the things that has happened in your past. What past? I'm talking about maybe the things that's happened in your mind in the last five minutes, in the last five seconds. You're going to have to put it, I'm going to have to put it under the blood, Brother Burke, and I'm going to have to say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have got to do something about where I am at because it is not just for me and it is not just for my children and it is not just for my children's children but it's for the bum down the street that doesn't even know where his children are. It's for the addict that doesn't even know how many kids that she has or doesn't have. It is for those who don't even know that they're hungry and thirsting for truth. There has always got to be room at this table I was reminiscing, and I'll just tell this real fast. Nanny, I was thinking today about a story you told me about Grandma Hastings, about when it would become about dinner time. She always made sure they didn't have very much, but they had food. They had a lot of chickens running around. And I was telling Bishop, I said, I can remember one of the stories that my nanny told me about my Grandma Hastings is that she always made sure that there was a spot at the table and that there was food 
at the table. Look around this room right now. Just, I mean, really, just turn around and look. There's a few seats. But there's not enough room at this table. For what God is doing. There is an expansion. There is an enlargement. Of the territory. I was in a conference a couple of weeks ago. Mark Brown was there. And he said. Somebody said. He was just. He's, a, he's an amazing man of God. A church planner. Went to a place that nobody would want to go. And out of that. Worked two or three jobs at one time. And uh, did all kinds of things. Anyhow. What a wonderful. Powerful testimony. And we love Mark Brown. You're Mark Brown, son? Come on, Hunter. But he told, and I'll get it wrong, I sent a text to Pastor and Bishop because I thought, and Brother Joe, I thought it was so powerful what he said. He said, uh, he said, when you go into a place and you feel like everything you're doing is wrong and you feel like it is against you, you feel like it is magnified against you, It is because the only thing that the prince of the air has power over is territory. The air. So why? Why is it it easy then? Why is it easy to be saved but not do anything beyond just being saved? Because once you conquer that little thing that's Occupying that space, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Man, well, I love these new chairs. They are comfy, Bishop. But boy, I better not wait a minute. Ah, somebody must have sat in my chair. problem is, is we don't want a battle with the enemy anymore because we are tired, Sister Mona. We're exhausted. We've been dealing with diseases. We've been dealing with ugly stuff, and we're tired, and we don't feel like it. Brother Joe, we've been dealing with all kinds of health things, and then we've been dealing with, with, with terminal things, and we've been dealing with all these things. And I just can't take it anymore. Can I tell you tonight in the Holy Ghost that God is trying to get someone's attention. And the thing that is pushing you. The reason that thing is pushing, he said, in about the time, Brother Healing, he said, the first time we had a breakthrough, he said we was there five years and no one received the Holy Ghost. I don't even think anybody was baptized. And he said, in just a matter of just, it seemed like, and then all of a sudden, it was like the sprinkler was turned on. And people begin to repent. People begin to receive the Holy Ghost. People begin to ask for Bible studies. People begin to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And all these things, different things begin to try to happen. And then all of a sudden, I felt the pressure like I had never felt before. He said, I didn't realize why. And this is not new to anyone that's been in ministry. He said, I didn't realize why I felt so good one moment. We're bad. We have just conquered something. We feel the redemptive possession. We feel like we have just taken the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And we have shook them in the 
adversary's face. And he said, and then the next day I didn't want to get out of bed because of the looming thing. I would venture to say tonight, and don't just, if I'm out of order, you just say it. But I would venture to say tonight that there are people in this room that with everything inside of your spirit, you want to make a move. But you already know what tomorrow is going to look like if you make a move. I've come to tell that devil that it holds absolutely no power absolutely no authority. There are people in this room that would make a move that would tell their spouse, we are not going to do that anymore. We are cleaning up and we are getting straight. There are women in this room that would say, my kids will be at church every time the doors are open. But you know that when you begin to speak those things in territory, and I'm going to take the territory that the enemy has taken from me, I know what tomorrow's going to be like. I, I know what next week is going to be like. I already know. I already Brother Burke can probably attest to this. There have been certain messages, Brother Healing, that I preached. And while I was preaching, them, the enemy said, Tomorrow, about this time, this and this and this and this and this is going to happen. Because that's how the enemy works on our psyche. Because if he can control my mind, he can control my body. If he can control my mind, he can control my family. But I've come to serve notice on the adversary tonight. No more. There has been a change. In the possession of the land, there has come a change. The Lord said, I've allowed some things to transpire. I've allowed some things to happen. I want to spit on you, Bishop. I've allowed some stuff to happen in your life, Job. But just know, I've not allowed anything to happen that hasn't come across the desk of heaven. And when I say enough uh, is enough, you will be taking the remains of the things that has been pushing you down and you will put it on your head like a crown. I've come to tell someone by the power of the Holy Ghost, you need to take the keys. You need to walk out the door. The scripture says in about the 7th or 8th, 6th or 7th verse, he says this. You can just stay standing if you're standing. I need all the help I can get. I'm done. He said, all of these things have happened. All of this stuff has transpired, and I know it has. But I've come to tell you, you don't ever be ashamed again. What is he trying to say? He's trying to say it's okay. The thoughts that you've thought even about, hey, I can't turn this boat around because I can't face what's happening. He said, you don't have to be ashamed even for thinking that because I'm fixing to change some things. I'm fixing to change the possession of your land. I wasn't going to share this. I felt like this was a personal word for me at 2.43, I think, on Sunday night, Saturday night, Friday night of this weekend. And I feel like it still is, but I'm going to share it because I felt prompted to in the Holy Ghost. It's one sentence. This is all the Lord said to me. I have given you land to govern. And I have already laid it on the hearts of men. I have given you land. What happens when you govern it? own it I've given you land to possess we're not we're gonna we might play but we're not we're gonna, that's all I think in this house tonight there's one two three four five six seven eight nine, 
I understand tonight this is probably this hadn't been your five points and a few bullets and all of that, and I I don't apologize for that. I promised the Lord that I would only speak what He would have for me to speak. He promised me tonight that there would at least be a remnant of people. who would forget about their past and would forget about their present and would take the land serious. He didn't say enlarge your tent, expand your tent. He said tents. He didn't say just your stakes and your tent, but he said the stakes. And he said you make sure that they are rooted and grounded good because there is fixing to be a harvest. There is fixing to be an influx. That man can't produce. That performance can't produce. That schedules can't produce. That itineraries cannot create. But it's a God thing. And God said, I am fixing. He spoke it today. We could have just listened again to what was spoken in this house this morning. And we could have just said, yay and amen. And let it be settled in the presence of God. Because God spoke so powerfully this morning. But I am doing everything in my power today. And I know that I can only go as far as, as, as I can go. I, you can only go as far as you can go. You can only try as hard as you can try but I'm telling someone in this house tonight I would forget about anything that did not have to do with the kingdom I would I, I would I, I know we've got to go to work I got to go to work in the morning I know we've got responsibilities and bills I got responsibilities and bills but anything 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 that I can let loose of so that I can expand See, i got to free something up inside of me. We're living in a different dispensation, but Jesus, God had to say to the children of Israel, I'm going to have to take some stuff away from you so that you can understand and know really who I am. But we're in a different dispensation, and because we're in a different dispensation, we think that we're always going to have time. In this house tonight... Would you lift your hands in this room right now?